Well, welcome back from the coffee break. As I said earlier, my name is Kurt. If uh, we have not met, I hope that we get the chance to. We have been in a series of conversations uh, called The Creator and Creation. And I'm glad that you're here because we believe that the work of God tells this story that should affect us and change us because we believe here at the Vineyard that you were created for the good life that is found in God and his kingdom. And each week I've been reading from a book called The Gospel of the Kingdom, uh, which is just a really helpful book. It's not super thick, but it's theologically rich and anchors some of the way we relate to the scriptures here as a local church. And so let me read a small part of that to lead into today's conversation. This is life eternal, not that you may be able to recite a creed or quote some Bible verses or recite some facts about God. That is not knowledge of God. This is eternal life that they know the the only true God. Fellowship with God, friendship with God, personal relationship to God, this is eternal life. Life eternal means that we have already been brought into a personal relationship with God here and now. Life eternal means that we have already been introduced to God. Life eternal means that God has become our God and we have become his people and that we have begun to share a fellowship with him. We have begun to share his life. Okay. That sounds good. As we talked about last week, there's this beautiful work of God in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So as we keep reading in this portion of the book, it says, love is the gift of the Spirit above all others, which will characterize our perfected fellowship in the age to come. When God makes it all right and the That is the the view we see. This love we now enjoy and the church on earth will become a colony of heaven, enjoying in advance the life of the age to come to the extent to which we permit the Holy Spirit to manifest the gift of love in our mutual relationships, especially in those areas where our imperfect knowledge leads to differing interpretations. Set that down real quick. The beauty of what God is doing is that this work of the kingdom of heaven, this work of God for us today gives us grace for all the questions, all the confusion, all the uncertainty, because it calls us into relationship and a love that says we can walk together. And that's experiential. And that's vision for the work of God that's got to be better and bigger than what I can do on my own, which is why we need the Spirit. And the thing that I want us to understand as we're journeying this year together is there should be stuff that challenges us. There should be things in the Scripture that go, Lord, have mercy on me. There should be things in the Scripture 
that we should go, more of that, please. I'll take more. God, can you do more of that? Can I have more of you? But what I love that we see uh, in Lad's book is he's saying, it can never be distant or disconnected from relationship with God. This whole thing of the kingdom of God, this whole reality of God's rule and God's reign means I'm relating to God and I'm saying, God, you have authority in my life. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. And as I share your life, it draws me into a better experience of life. And so we've been using a resource called the Bible Project, and last week, one of the things that we heard them describe the Trinity as is this truth, the universe, everything that's bigger and beyond me is held together by an eternal community of love. In the beginning, God. In the end, God. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in beautiful community, hold this whole thing together, and we can all take a collective sigh of relief, the eternal creating good God is holding it together. That's good news. And as we spoke about Martin Luther King Jr. and his birthday last Sunday, what we were invited to is this work that he was proclaiming in his day and time that is so pertinent to our day and time, and it's the work that has been declared since the beginning of time, which is it is the love of God working in the lives of men and women that will be the transformation we long to see all around us. It is the beloved community. It is the beloved community where we look towards the end game, which is every tribe, every tongue, every nation worshiping in perfected love, in perfected knowledge, in perfected relationship. And we say, God, let that come here and now. Let heaven come to earth that we might be a community that gives this world a taste of heaven on earth, that we would be a part of the work of the creator. And so what I want us to consider today as we continue to look at this idea of the creator and creation is that the creator is creating a beloved community. The creator is creating a beloved community. So let's pick up the creation story. We've been talking about Genesis 1. We're going to move to Genesis 2 today. And I want to remind us, as we think about Genesis 1, 2, 3, this origin story. How many of you like a good origin story? Yeah, good. That's right. This one is the best of all. What we see most importantly, and what I would invite all of you to really anchor into, is that Genesis is telling us who. Period. Genesis tells us who was at the beginning. Genesis tells us who is the source of life. Genesis tells us who created the heavens and the earth. And what it's inviting us to is a way of living that we don't misplace the creation for the creator. And we don't assert ourselves as the creator. Because none of you that old. Who? In the beginning, God. So Genesis 2 starts... This way in verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Pause. 
How many of you have heard this creation story maybe from a Christian tradition before? I have. I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up in the church. I'm so grateful for that. This week, I felt like I read that new for the first time. In the garden, you are free to eat from any tree. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The shared life and the life with God that they were invited to was a relationship that would give life. And there was freedom within that relationship at the beginning. The Lord God then said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Genesis 2. You are free and you are supposed to have community. I have made you in my image. My image is community, and you should have community too. So from the beginning, we get loving relationship, we get freedom, and we get community. Y'all tracking with me? It's there, right? I'm not making it up. It's in the text. It's in the scriptures. We love the word of God. We think this is really important. Do y'all understand that there was freedom in the garden? There was freedom to do what? Eat from the tree that would kill them. You can eat from any tree you want. You choose. You can eat from any tree you want. I will tell you this. These trees will give you life. This one will kill you. You are free. The creator God, eternal and good from the outset said, hey, listen, I have made you in my image. I want you to have community. This is the way. I'm making a beloved community. Walk in relationship with me. Trust me. Trust that what I have for you and the boundaries that I'm inviting you to are good. Because I know when you step outside of those boundaries, you will die. And that's not what I have for you. I have life. So I'm going to summarize Genesis 3. Genesis 3 is where we choose to eat from the tree that kills us. Woo! All right. Living like me. Adam and Eve seem to live like I've lived. I know better, God. I know what I want. I know what I need. I got it from here. And there's this really powerful question in Genesis 3 that God asks them after they've walked in freedom to death. Where are you? God asks Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, where are you? Today, I think he's asking some of us the same question. Where are you? My heart is relationship for you. My heart is community. And to be a part of this eternal community of love that I steward with Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to be a part of this community of love that's showing us what heaven is intended to look like here on earth. And yet, what I know is the walk with God is personal. It's about fellowship. It's about relationship. It's about surrender. It's about trust. And the question, whenever I turn away from God and go do as I please, is a loving God who never stops loving and says, where are you?
Genesis 3, summarized. You can go read it this week if you choose. You are free to read from any of the Bible you would like to. It will give you life. The words of God. Where are you? And this is not a punitive word. This is not a, a word of anything other than loving pursuit. Where are you? You ready for my summary of Genesis 4? Genesis 4 is an interesting book of the Bible, chapter of the Bible, because in this we see a brother murder his brother. It's good news, right? Interesting story. Here's the question in Genesis 4. Where is your brother? God set it up. If you do this, you will die. This tree will kill you. Eat from all of them. You're free, but if you eat from this one, you will die. If you read the story in Genesis 4, there's this moment he says, hey, sin is knocking at your door. Resist it. Before the murder happens, God is saying, I've got something better for you. He kills his brother, and God asks him, where is your brother? Where are you, and where is your brother? I believe these two questions are essential for us today. In a time, in a culture, a human way of division and hate, we need to know what God is creating. God is creating a beloved community. The creator is creating a beloved community. This is his longing in his heart for us, that we would walk in fellowship with God, that we would enjoy the rule and reign of God. We'd be a part of his kingdom and we would love one another. It's not good for you to be alone. It's not good for you to do faith alone. That's not how God intended it. You were intended to have fellowship and community and friendship and family. And in church, we give that to one another. And I think the same questions that get asked in this creation story are being asked of us today. Where are you? It's about personal relationship with God, no doubt. But where is your brother? How are you doing with your brothers and sisters? How are you doing with the one you despise and hate? Because that's what the story is in Genesis 4. And what is the creator doing? He is pursuing a redemptive work to work to heal relationships between us and God and between us and one another. This is the good, eternal, creating God. And this is good news to the world. I love this. Can you tell? This gives me hope that when I look at the world and my heart laments and I cry, why is it like this, God? He's like, have, well, <laughs> he's usually, God's really gentle at times. And if I look out there and go, why out there? It usually comes back to why in here. Where are you, Kurt? Is your heart soft and loving like mine? Is your posture, you were made in my image. Do you want to live that out and be a part of the way I'm working in the world? And then the question is always, where is my brother? Where is my sister? How's my heart towards the other and the outsider? This is the way of God's kingdom. Where are you? And where is your brother? The creator is creating a beloved community. 
And so I double down on what I said last week. In order for this beloved community to be a reality, we need a move of God in our day and time, and the fruit of God's move will be a beloved community. The fruitfulness of God's life being shared with us will be a beloved community. The beauty of God's love at work in our lives that we want to receive fully from will be poured out on others that we would be a part of a beloved community, that it would look different in this family, it would look different in this community than just the stereotypical way of our day and time. And it's not our job to look out there and go, what a mess. It is our job to go, God, come and move and work and change and redeem and restore me and us into a beloved community. So I'm curious to you, how does the creator create today? Have you ever thought about that? How is the creator God creating today? What would a move of God like we read in the creation story, look like today. As we're going to unpack in the weeks to come, hint, hint, come back, continue this journey as a family, is that it's about participating. And the way the creator is creating today is in and through us, his image bearers. And he's saying, come join me in my work in the earth. Come Don't just dwell in that garden of Eden, but dwell in the garden I've planted you in today. And here's how I think it works. Dwell, abide, live, and move. Dwell, abide, live, move. God with us, dwelling with us, never distanced from, never disconnected from, but in deep relationship and friendship and fellowship. God with us, God in us, The creator is creating in his followers because he's poured out his Holy Spirit for all who believe and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Create. God with us, God in us. Dwell and abide. Live, well, who's the giver of life? Who wants to share life with you every day you wake up? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So God in us, God guiding us. God guiding us. The work of God in the fellowship of God, the family of God, the church of God is how God is creating today. He wants to fill you, change you, move in you, lead you, guide you. He's saying, you're free to do as you please. But let me lead you in the way of life. Let me show you what is good. Let me show you what it looks like to love people the way I love them. Dwell, abide, live, move. Dwell, abide, live, move. God in us. God in you every day. This is how we need to relate to the creator, not the creator eons ago. The creator today, create in me a clean heart. Create in me life. I need you, God. Move. I need you. 
So what we see in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, we see in John 1, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We see in Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And my heart says, yes, God. But in the beginning, God dwelled with, walked with. We read in John, God became flesh and dwelled among us. And then the end story is, and God dwelled with the people. God is super clear. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to abide in you. He wants his spirit to fill you for communion and community and loving relationship. Do you want that too? The creator is creating a beloved community and you are free. You are free. What God did at creation, listen to this, What God did at creation, he will do again, and he is doing now. And sometimes it's slow, and sometimes it's hard to see, and sometimes you're going to question, and there's going to be these spans of time that feel so long to you. And it's why we have to decide who the creator is. What God did at the beginning he will do again, and he is doing now. He is creating a beloved community. He wants you to know his love. He wants you to be a part of this story, and we have to decide. It's interesting. I think the same thing that was in front of Adam and Eve is in front of us. You're free. What will you decide, and on whom will you depend? I hope that was right, English teachers. I don't know. Who or whom, it's tricky. One letter. This whole thing about the way of God and the love of God revealed in Jesus and the kingdom of God is a decision. It is about dependence and it's about daily. And we get to choose. God wants you in on this community of love every day. And it will challenge everything inside of you that's trying to go a different way. That's trying to move at a different speed. Trust me. It challenges me. So I want to read out of John 15, the words of Jesus. And then invite us to uh, just a time of prayer. Because I just think there is something for us more deeply in the life we long to see. 
that shared life that we're invited to to receive from God. And if you're honest about where you are, if you're honest about what you see, maybe your own personal life is going great, but you look at a communal story and you're going, ah, this doesn't look good. Like, I don't think I like what I see. Then fix your eyes on Jesus. And see if you can see the beauty of the creator in Jesus and say, create that life in me. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You were created for the good life. The work of God in your life is always the good life. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If you're wondering about fruitfulness, it is about relationship with God. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. It's about relationship. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. The way of Jesus is the invitation to that. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that you that your joy may be complete, that my joy would be in you and your joy would be complete. Does anybody think this just sounds like too good to be true? Or just actually sounds so good you want it to be true? This is my command. Love each other. This is my command. Love each other. So where are you? The creator is creating a beloved community. The command is to love each other. Where are you? Are there people that are hard to love? The answer is yes. Can I be hard to love? Where are you? Here's the thing. We want the beloved community without the creator at times. We want the fruit without the vine. We want the good life without the good God. As I read Jesus, unfortunately, it does not work that way. I am made in the image of God, and there's a lot I can do that will bear that image, but not as fully as it does when I abide and I remain and I stay in and I remain because what God wants to do in me and what God is doing in the earth is beyond my capacity to do it by myself. 
which is why we need the Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. We talked about this last week, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to do this work. If you keep reading in John 15, Jesus points to this. He says, hey, this is the command. Remain in me. I remain in my Father. Love each other. And then he says, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. It is the work of the Spirit that will bear the fruit we want in beloved community. It is the surrender and yielding to a Spirit-filled life that is the way and invitation of Jesus. We need a move of God that would be an outpouring of the Spirit so we can live by the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit, which is love. I don't know of any other way to do this. I don't know of a human who is perfectly love, perfectly all the time. But that's who God is. And so we're called into the community of love as we become love in our community. We're called into the community of love when we say, Holy Spirit, come. Lead me in truth. Let me follow you as the advocate. Let me follow you as the one who guides and leads. Let me submit to you the way the Son did to the Father and you were poured out from the Father. So this Trinity conversation we were in last week gets its feet in our conversation today because this is what we all need. We need to live our lives by the Spirit. It's what the New Testament church did. If you read in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or forbearance, a more formal word, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because I am free to eat from any tree, but I need self-control to avoid the ones that will kill me. The fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Where are you? How's your two-stepping going? Are you keeping in step with the Spirit day to day? If I'm not, I am missing out on the shared good life God wants me to have today. To be a beloved community, we need to ask for the beloved community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to have more authority, to have more presence, to have more access, and to move more mightily than ever before. So we get the joy of humble surrender. And when we do that, this is what we can say. We need to ask for the Spirit. We need to ask for what Jesus talks about in John 15 and also talks about in John 14 and John 16 and in John 17. And we need to keep in step with the Spirit, which is hard to do. I will go on record, hard to do. Which reminds me, I need to ask for the Spirit. And there will be times where I'm keeping in step, and then there will be times where I struggle, and I feel like I can't see, which is why I need you. And we need each other to help see when it's dark. 
Because conversations and community and walking together help us when we're unsure. You can carry me when I'm having a hard time making it on the journey. It's personal and communal. It's in the image of God that we have been made, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so we join in the creator that is creating today, which is a beloved community. So here are three practices. I'm like, practically, how do we do this? Love each other. (laughs) It's easy. Jesus said it. This is my command, a new command I give you. Love each other. Easy enough, right? No, I mean, Genesis 4. Listen, I'm not trying to be, like, uh, difficult. I'm trying to prove a point, though. Jesus says, love each other. How will we do that? Will it be in your own strength? No, it will be in your surrender. It will be in your sacrifice. And here's how I think we steward that kind of life day in and day out. If we need to decide and depend on God daily, I want to invite you to increase prayer in your life this year. Time to listen to God. Time to hear from God. Prayer. Just be in God's presence. Let God say, where are you? And for whoever it is in your life, let him ask you, where is your brother or your sister? Where are you? Where is your brother? Where is your sister? Is there some relational work God's inviting you to? And is there some personal transformation that God's inviting you to? In God's presence, and here's what I want to promise you, in God's presence, you are in the presence of love. That does not mean it's a free-for-all, but you are free to eat from any tree. God just knows better. And the Spirit, the Advocate, will come and will lead and will guide and will bring you into loving relationship with God and with others. So prayer time. If you need something to help you, if you're going, I don't know what to pray, I don't know how to do that, Lectio 365 is a free app. We're going to spotlight it during our 21 days of prayer and at our vision night, January 29th. Come check it out. Come be a part of it. We're going to practice praying as a community for 21 days. This is a great tool. There is also Lectio for Families. If you want to help other people in your life beyond yourself, you can do that together, age appropriate. Spend time in the scriptures. Prayer, scripture, and spend time with other people talking about your faith journey, community. Prayer, listen to God. Let God speak to you. We believe God speaks to all of you, and the Spirit of God is already pursuing you and will reveal himself to you. The scriptures are a way we get to know God and experience God. And community is where we see that more full picture of God because I don't have it all to myself. So where are you? Where is your brother and your sister? And what creative work might God do? in us and through us. Let's stand together. I want to read this to you one more time.
Life eternal means that we have already been brought into a personal relationship with God here and now. Life eternal means that we have already been introduced to God. Life eternal means that God has become our God and we have become his people. And that we have begun to share a fellowship with him. We have begun to share his life. Where do you need his life today? If you're here and you've been on a journey trying to discover that life, today is a day you can decide to just receive it. God, I want to walk with you. God is inviting you to his life. You can begin that personal relationship with God. For others of us, you've already begun that personal relationship with God. You are just present to maybe a moment where God might be asking you, where are you? You know I love you. What is it that you need? So that's how we're going to finish today. Where do you need God to move in your life? And where do we need a collective move of God? So pay attention to what you notice right now. As I pray, I'm just going to pray. And I believe God will speak to us. And so Holy Spirit, we lean into the scriptures and into you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Advocate for us and for the kingdom of God today. Holy Spirit, speak truth to hearts and minds today. Holy Spirit, reveal the truth that you love us. That's not up for debate. That's not up for grabs or discussion. And so do a deeper work in our souls about the love you have for us. And where we have need, we come to you and we say, God, meet our needs. Part of our prayer ministry teams, our small group leaders, staff, if you're willing to pray that, I just want to invite you to come on down. And We are here to, to meet you right where you're at, and we believe God wants to share his life with you. The creator God is creating a beloved community. To be part of that beloved community is receiving that love. That might make sense for you today. You might start your faith journey, just like some people who gave their life to relationship with Christ last year, you might be one of those this year. But if you're already following God, I think he's always drawing us into a deeper experience of his life. And so I just want to pray a blessing for you. And if you know you need more, just let us stand with you and bless that. Let us be an encouragement to you today in that. And so God, we receive life from you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do that creative work in us that we might love each other. Do that creative work in us that we would love you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and we would walk with you in fellowship that we might love each other. Show us the way of love that our lives might bear the fruit of the Spirit. Lead us in your love to those around us this week. We bless your people to see you dwelling with us this week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.